Welcome to another episode of Community Conversations, the podcast for people who have a heart for helping others. In this episode, Janelle Kabiawiak and Kim Taylor will share their experience of working with new Australians from Africa and the Middle East. They explore overcoming cultural and language differences to make new friends and live up to the Harmony Day tag of Everyone Belongs. Also with us today is our special guest Saeed Michamish and his daughter Reem who left Syria three and a half years ago. We'll hear about leaving Syria and some of the challenges of starting over in a new country. And now over to Pietro to help unpack these wonderful stories and experiences. Thank you and welcome to our podcast today. We are so pleased to be speaking with you. Just for those who don't know, March the 21st is Australia's Harmony Day. It coincides with the United Nations International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. Australia is one of the most successful multicultural countries in the world and we should celebrate this and work to maintain it. Chanel Kabowiak has been helping families where she met and built up a friendship with Saeed and his daughter Reem. And Kim Taylor has previously worked in a local high school, helping adolescents from the Middle East. So we want to start this podcast. What drew you both to engage with new Australians? For me, um, I had heard a little bit about the war in Syria, but not enough for it to really change my world. It wasn't until I saw a clip on TV, on YouTube about this little boy, baby called Alan, who was washed up on the sea in Greece. That was in 2015. And it was an image that I just couldn't shake. It would, I would wake up at night crying. I would, it would it disturb me. And from that, I just knew I had to do more than just feel sorry about what was happening. So I had my first brilliant idea was to make quilts. And then I, Australia was welcoming refugees. So I thought I'll make quilts for the, the, the refugees coming to Australia. I contacted Mike Baird, uh, who told me to contact other people. And after months and months of being told to ring somebody else, I gave up and then met a lady who was, Jean, who was part of Mission Australia. And she asked me if I'd like to volunteer and meet families and go be in their home and welcome them and be their friends. And it was like a six week thing that you would do. So that's how I first met Reem and Saeed. Three and a half years ago, <laughs> I met them, and um, yeah, so it's going through a beautiful friendship, and they've introduced me to their friends, and yeah, so. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Janelle. We all can recall that image on TV screens of the young child washed ashore. It had a profound effect on you. Kim, tell us about your experience and what drew you to new Australians and working with adolescents in high school. Well, I'm a retired grandma now, but in the 90s, I was a maths and science teacher. Uh, that was my first career and then my second career I went into the pharmaceutical industry and I did that for 20 years and that suddenly stopped in 2012. I thought what am I going to do? I, I didn't know what to do, I was lost. And we had the influx of refugees from um, mostly Africa at that time, that was 2013. And a friend of mine told me she'd been to a rotary meeting where they were looking for Aussie people just to sit down and read and, and help the students with their language. And I thought, oh, I can do that. So I went and met somebody else and she said, oh, you're a teacher. So they sent me out to a senior um, high school with year 11 and 12 students. And I volunteered there for 12 months. I used to go and sit in the study center and just help them with their assignments and their language and reading. Um, and after 12 months, they actually gave me a job. So I was going to classes with the students, so I did that for five years and it was fantastic. 
and I've built some wonderful friendships and I still talk to the students now afterwards. So that's how I got into it. They're both fantastic stories. I'm just wondering if each of you might be able to share something personal about the, um, the, way, the manner of engaging with, um, with any of the families or the students that you worked with. I guess the, the, the thing that I will never ever forget is when I met Saeed and his family, his beautiful wife, Sosan, was pregnant with Muhammad, their fifth child. And she was, Sosan was sad, wasn't she? And it occurred to me one day that she has left her mother and father, her sisters, her brothers, and she's come to a new country and she was going to give birth to this child and not have her mother around. I, my youngest daughter, I, my mother died when I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, and I just, I said to Sosan, can I be your mother? I realised I was old enough to be her mother. That was a revelation. <laughs> but, and I think we just hugged and we cried and it was just this beautiful moment. And I think from then on, we have just been so close. And it just, it was a beautiful friendship that was formed from that moment. That's a beautiful picture that you've painted for us, Janelle. And your heart for helping others shines through, especially your mother heart. And what was it that stood out for you, Kim? The standout um, was there were a group of students who came from war-ridden Congo and they were large sibling groups, mostly without parents. Um, one particular group, there were 10 children and one parent and they'd been waiting in a refugee camp for 10 years. So this girl um, was six when she went into a refugee camp and they dreamed and prayed that they were going to come to Australia. They'd see beautiful photos of the beaches and everyone smiling and happy and, and wealthy compared to them. And they finally got to come here. So this girl was 16, she'd never been to school. Wow. So she had no literacy in her first language um, and she was trying to learn English. So I had to engage with that family. So I went outside the school as well. I went to the home and they, they had nothing, but they gave you everything and it was just wonderful. And they've gone on to finish school and get jobs and it's been fantastic. And they're starting to get married now. So how many on the family again were there? 10. And did they all go through school? Uh, well, one of them was just a baby when the other one was just born, when the girl was 16. So they were quite spread out in ages, but they'd been through horrific things that we just can't even imagine. So they needed a hand. Janelle, I'm gonna ask you, Janelle, a question. In our introduction, we highlighted that Harmony Day is celebrated on Saturday the 21st of March, but surely there is more that we can do than just in one day. Uh, can you give our listeners maybe some suggestions on, on how we might be able to, to lend a hand to our new Australians? I totally agree that Harmony Day is more than a day and it should be part of our culture and what we believe and, and we are multicultural and we should be making people feel welcome. And I think it's the desire in all of us to connect and to be, they feel welcome. And when you come from a culture that has, is very open doors, and Saeed and Reem will tell, me, tell you that they always hang out together, communities, families, friends. Australia, we tend to be a bit closed doors and that's really difficult for them. And they're not going to learn English or Australian unless they're talking to Australians. So they go to TAFE or Mac Solutions and they learn the language, but who do they practise with? So it's really hard to advance beyond, get a good understanding of the language unless people are uh, in their world. And, and, and I've just had some amazing opportunities where they feed me a lot 
and um, they give me lots of coffee and they come to my home as well. So we've opened our home up for Easter, for Christmas. Last Christmas we had 70 new Australians in our backyard. We've had baby showers, we've had dance parties at a local church, opened up dance parties for women. And I've just, we just did a holiday club for, uh, in last holidays. I think you make a good point, Janelle. Australian isn't English. And we have a wonderful opportunity on March the 21st, Harmony Day, to connect and start some conversations. What do you think, Kim? How can some of us Aussies get involved? I think all we need to do is show a little bit of kindness. And if a family moves into your street or area, like they're just as terrified as you are because they don't know the rules of the neighbourhood and you're not sure about their culture. But I don't think it hurts to say hello or smile or even let your children play with their children just so that they feel welcome. Give an hour a week at one of the migrant centres to help them with their reading because as Janelle said, they learn the language but they don't get to, to interact and speak it with a, a native English speaker. So that's really helpful. So just, just be kind and you know, instead of selling things on marketplaces for $20, just give it to them. If you've got a desk or something that you don't need, just give it to them. That's brilliant, isn't it? We could all do that. That's, uh, that's, a, very, um, that's, that's a very simple solution and being kind, having a smile. Can I just also add, like, some of the things, if you've, uh, just imagine, imagine yourself in a new country with a form, with a foreign language, and you're asked to fill that in. This happens time and time again. So, and like notes come home from school and the parents are expected to understand what the school note says. And it's, it's and the electricity bill comes. What is this? You know, it's, it, it's good. Okay, now, isn't it, Saeed? But in the beginning, it was, it was so foreign and so everything was hard, wasn't it? It was, I mean, there were the forms we filled in for your house to move house. It was, but it's something that is a minefield. I think what you're actually explaining is a key word that I'm hearing is the word empathy. Yeah. It's about putting ourselves in the shoes of, of a new Australian and things that we might take for granted, I'm sure, when, and we'll hear from Seed in just a few moments actually, um, you know, applying for a driver's licence or yeah. filling out some government forms in a different language that you're not, they're not, you're not familiar with. And so what I'm hearing you, Kim, say is the potential of just getting together with a family, smiling with them, obviously welcoming them into the community. and and seeing if there's anything we can do. Something as simple as understanding a form and helping to fill, fill out a form. And with, um, with that, I want to segue to you, Saeed. I want to welcome yeah. you. We're delighted that you can join us and also with you, Reem. I want to ask you a, a, a first question, just a simple one. Are you able to tell us a little bit about your family? Who's in your family? And just give us an overview, if you wouldn't mind. I am, my name is Saeed Michemesh, and I have uh, five children two daughters and uh, three boys. My wife, Sosan, and I love uh, my wife. I'm coming from Syria, uh, from uh, the war. And every door is closed in my face. And then going to Jordan, and then the government, Australian, he helped me. Can I ask you, when did, you, when did your family arrive in, uh, did you arrive in New, Newcastle or somewhere else in Australia? Yeah, I'm arrived in Newcastle, yeah, just, and I love Newcastle. I visit Sydney and another uh, 
country, just I see Newcastle is it's so much beautiful. When, when did you arrive? What year did you arrive to the country? How long have you lived here for in Newcastle? Uh, 2016. 2016. Yeah. So less than four years. Yeah. Your English is fantastic. Trust me. You speak very well. Maybe just uh, I'm learning. Could you tell us what made you come to Australia? Obviously, you mentioned that you, there was war in your country. Yeah. Um, what made you come to this country? I like Australia before 20 years. I'm reminder, I'm, reminder, I'm talking with my friend about visit Australia. Just I need more money and expensive for visa to Australia. Can you tell me, Saeed, how, how has Janelle um, helped your family? When, uh, when meeting with Janelle uh, and he, she, he coming uh, to my home to learning English uh, with my wife and say and she says Janelle uh, you need uh, visit me every week one day and then Janelle uh, when he finish four weeks or six weeks she say I need uh, visit you uh, forever I okay. say I'm very happy and my family very happy because I see Janelle same uh, same coming from my God he helped me she helped me sorry uh, for everything I needed can you give us one thing that Janelle has done for you apart from the teaching English what else has yeah. she done to help you sometime I'm I'm looking for house, rent house, uh, and my language, it's not helped me good. Yeah, I need help, and I'm talking with Janelle about uh, uh, rent house, and she say, yes, I'm coming to help you. Everyone is happy, um, Janelle, it's find house for me. So she helped you find the house. Yeah. Then you went to the house inspection, looked at the house, and she helped many you with houses. many houses, yeah. and also the paperwork that you need to fill out, and any interviews, I guess. Now, Saeed, may I ask a question? Back home in Syria, how how old are you? May I ask your age? Yes, uh, I'm old, uh, 24. Uh, sorry, <laughs> 41. 41. Yes. Okay. You look like you're 24, but obviously we can't see you on the podcast. But I can vouch for the fact yes, that you're definitely maybe. younger than I am. So you, what type of work were you doing back in Syria? Could you tell our listeners what, what sort of work were you doing back in your yeah. country? Um, Boilermaker. Boilermaker. Yeah, steel structure. Yeah, I, I, do, uh, I can't do any roof. And I'm working in Syria 20 years. And when I um, started business special for me, the war in Syria is started and every wish for me is gone in this war. Just what can I do? I'm scared. Yeah, I'm going to Jordan for save my family. Mm. And someone, is, she, she can't, my mom coming with me or dad, she's still in Syria. In order to be classified as a refugee, you need to flee your own country. Sayyid and his family fled to Jordan, 
where they stayed until they were given permission to come to Australia. So has it been difficult for you to find work in Australia, Saeed? Yeah, I'm going to attempt for learning English the first. And I see I needed a, a certificate for Polomeka Wolda. And Janelle, he helped me um, forget this. Janelle, he helped me for, um, I'm doing a, a, a course for Polomeka. Mm. Now, Janelle, he helped me for search about job. And now I'm working with Uber driving a taxi before one years ago. And I see it's Uber, it's good for me, just not enough. And I see more it's good for learning English. Mm. So see, when you first came to Newcastle, for, for, for people like myself who don't really know because I was born here, what was it like for you? Uh, Navitas, this company, help uh, refugee. Mm. And then I see the house, it's ready for me and for my family. When I'm arrived, I need just rest and I need smoke or coffee. Uh, and I need just looking Australia. I need going to anywhere for check Australia. Just I see system, it's very good. I like this system for Australia system. For, for driving or for buses or for people. Everything, it's good. I'm very happy. I need to say again, thank you for this meeting and thank you for government Australia and people Australia. Sayyid, it's been wonderful to meet with you today and to hear a little bit about your journey and we sincerely wish you every success in the future. We have heard that in Australia we're obviously a very multicultural country. Politicians often use the term to describe the convergence of different cultures into the one melting pot. I recall my own parents came to Australia from Sicily, which is part of Italy, in the early 60s. They didn't assimilate well though with other Aussies. They just hung out together they lived in the same suburbs and they spoke the same native language. My mother today is in her 90s and her English is nowhere near as good as what we heard from Sayyid today. So Janelle, can you tell us what are the greatest challenges faced by refugees trying to assimilate into the Australian culture? So oh, language, we keep hearing about language and that would be so hard. And I'm, I'm a travel agent, so I travel to other countries and not understanding the language for a short time is fun. But if this is part of your new world, it can be exhausting and tiring. So having our, opening our doors is so important um, to be multi, truly multicultural. And, and I've, our, us as a family have been so blessed by doing that, by having our doors open. Um, my, oh, my husband was sick. Uh, in hospital and he got home and the community heard about that. I have never felt so blessed and cared for. I would get phone call after phone call. Can we come and sit with you? Can we come and visit? They would come and visit with us just to share and to love on us. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful friendship and just a beautiful thing to witness and be part of. 
It sounds like your place is an exciting place to come to, Janelle. Um, Christmas time, dancing, 70 people, big smorgasbord of food. And tell us a bit more about that. How did, how did that actually, um, how did that happen? Well, we've always, Christmas night for our family has always been open doors in the evening. So friends could come who, with their leftovers and celebrate with us. So when we met our Syrian friends, they became friends. So yes, you're part of the friends, come and have Christmas with us. So we started with, I think, five or six families the first year, until last year it was, I think, 70 people. And there were people from Iraq, Syria, Australia, England, New Zealand, Christian, Muslim. Yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. And one, at one stage, we were dancing to Arabic music around the hills hoist. It was pretty... A co- combination, combining of the cultures. <laughs> do, do you have a secret Santa on that night? Oh, oh sure, that's a great it's, idea. It's a brilliant <laughs> idea, secret Santa. I recall a few years ago, many years ago, that I was uh, working with a local university and um, they give you a buddy system and the buddy that I had was a gentleman from um, Myanmar, which is which was Burma, yeah. and we were taking him to the local um, garden uh, festival, like the, the under the lights, and he'd never seen Santa Claus before. He didn't know what this thing was. Whilst it's a bit daunting, it's also quite exciting about learning new cultures. I know for a fact when we do travel, you mentioned before, Janelle, you're a, a travel consultant when you travel to a new new land, especially if we go to Southeast Asia and there's no new new smells, new dances, new foods. It's exciting. So thank you again for tuning into Community Conversations with our special guests, Janelle and Kim, and also Saeed. If you have some capacity on Saturday the 21st of March to do something for those in other cultures, then contact your local community group or neighbourhood centre. For anyone listening today that has been impacted by what's been shared, reach out to Lifeline on 13114. If you want to know more about what's happening in the community, reach us through our various channels and remember to be kind to each other. I would like to thank our executive producer, Michael Smith, and I am Pietro Di Girolamo. Tune into our next podcast and have a great day.